What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. Your Miami Dolphins, 7-7, seven and seven, getting ready to go into primetime football and play the New Orleans Saints. But first, we got to put a bow on the 31-24 victory over the New York Jets with our all-22 observations. Just got done grinding the tape. What did we see? We're going to talk about it here on the show. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, here on Locked On Dolphins. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Got a chance to watch everybody uh, and their performances under the microscope. Thanks to the All-22 NFL Game Pass and uh, spent the day yesterday and early this morning putting the finishing touches on that film study and had some good film clips that came out. If you guys are interested in seeing those, make sure you head over to Locked on Fins with a PH on Twitter. I posted them there. Uh, but top to bottom, uh, this was not the prettiest win for the Miami Dolphins. I think we can all agree. You think about the game against Carolina, uh, the game against Baltimore. There were some high point depending on which side of the football you want to talk about, some high watermarks that were not met with the 31-24 victory over the New York Jets. Uh, but there were a number of performances by individuals uh, and performances by certain components of the, the team that I was pretty impressed with. And you have to start with the offensive line up front. Pass protection and run blocking wise. I thought... This this matched the uh, metrics after the game, that this was the most impressive performance of the season for the Dolphins' offensive line. Austin Jackson played a really, really good game. They pulled him quite a bit. And the Dolphins uh, ran a lot of gap power concepts. They ran a lot of trap concepts. I really enjoyed seeing the Dolphins Change the landmarks of that slice tight end, usually Durham Smythe, who's that one-by-one one outside of the offensive tackle in a quote-unquote sniffer role. And a lot of his action this season has involved cutting across the grain, offensive line steps right, he flows left, right? And we saw that, but you also saw Miami lock the tight end on the other side and then run double teams inside. And Durham ends up tucking up inside and serves as effectively a lead blocker. And instead of lining up in the backfield to get there, he's lining up in his traditional spot. Then there's other times in which uh, they, they run trap on the play side three technique. And Durham Smythe is effectively stepping down. And instead of getting past the center, He's picking off the three technique, the defensive tackle inside, who's shooting up upfield. There was a lot more nuance to the running game in this contest than I think we've seen for much of the season. 
and I thought they did a really nice job with execution. Uh, Austin Jackson, as I said, the athleticism that he showcased, there's some life. And I remember saying about two months ago that I had seen all I needed to see on Austin Jackson. Shame on me. Because, and, and I understand people are going to say it's the Jets. The Jets do have talent on the defensive line. We will see what Monday Night Football brings as it pertains to Austin Jackson, because that is going to be a different kind of test. Austin and Liam Eikenberg getting really good movement on double teams against heavy-handed guys like Nathan Shepard inside, climbing up to backers. Hunter Long is the tight end, turning the, the play side defensive end out, creating a big crease. Hunter Long was that guy that got dogged after the game because he didn't really work back down the stem to help the throw on the pick six, and he got popped for two holding penalties in this contest. I will say this. I thought one of these holding penalties was pretty ticky-tack BS. It's a pr- it was a pretty routine play. But even if you account for the two holds, Durham Smythe isn't going to give you as a run blocker what Hunter Long gave you against the Jets. Adam Shaheen is not going to give you what Hunter Long gave you against the Jets. Mike Gusecki, Seathan Carter, these guys. Hunter Long is bringing a different dynamic to this blocking game and this running attack than any other tight end on the roster is capable of right now. It's impressive to watch him low red zone. He's turning out and holding ground at the point of attack against 285-pound defensive ends in John Franklin Myers and Ronald Blair. Sustaining blocks on Ronald Blair downfield. Kyle Phillips, 275 pounds. Hunter Long won the point of attack a good deal of the time against the Jets. And as a traditional tight end who's able to do that on the play side, that really helps. So. Perhaps the Adam Shaheen injury has been, for the the benefit of the offense, a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it has forced and prompted the Dolphins to play Hunter Long more. And I know everybody was hurt by the fact that he didn't help the interception and he got flagged for a hold, which was on the backside and didn't look like it was anything out of the ordinary on the big Duke Johnson run. I get it. but. I'm excited to see what it looks like the rest of the way. I want to continue to see more of him as a player. This was a a player that we used a third-round draft choice on. And it's really cool to see him and Liam Eikenberg teaming up with Austin Jackson on the left side of the line to help win ground at the point of attack and help really be catalysts in the run game. Robert Hunt was also awesome. They ran a a screen to Duke. and. Austin and and Rob were the two guys that released upfield. There was one guy in an entire third of the field outside the hash. And the timing of the screen didn't line up for it to go off without a hitch. Otherwise, we might have scored from like 50 out. But um, this poor number 40 looks up. they, They motioned away from him, so he gets bumped inside. Now he's in the run fit as the will linebacker. And he looks up, and he's got Austin on him, and he kind of olays Austin, and then Rob gets every single ounce of him. And um, the athleticism that those two big guys have, 
this was a good showcase for both of those guys. So stock up for just about everybody in the offensive line. Just about. You probably know who I'm referring to. Super Bowl 56 is less than 100 days away. And we have a great opportunity for you to have a once-in-a-lifetime trip with On Location, the official hospitality partner in the NFL. is the only place that you could score this once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You could select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. guess before we switch gears to the defensive side of the ball, it is only fair that we dedicate a little bit of time talking about the skilled players and the quarterback on the offensive side of the ball, since I'm sure that's a big catalyst for so many of you to, to hear my thoughts on that component of the Dolphins team. This was not the best performance by Tua Tungvalo, and we all knew that coming out of the game. The first quarter was bad. Like, objectively bad. The interception was bad. You can assign some blame to Hunter, yes. But on the other side of the field, you had two over two and a swing route for a back out of the backfield. So if you were looking for an easy completion and cheap yards, I probably wouldn't have thrown to the field on a stick route to a rookie tight end against the corner. So that decision, I think the decision wasn't strong. I did think the decision was strong on the first interception that he threw. He just didn't get on top of the ball. Uh, and it kind of, it's been something we've seen from Tua at times this year when he's moved off his spot. He, um, he doesn't reset his feet to throw, so he's not lined up to his target. And sometimes his hip is closed. Sometimes his hip is open. And on this throw, his hip was open, which means he couldn't get the snap and follow through coming down through his motion the way you would want to, to drive that throw. And that's why that throw sailed high on him and ended up in a sea of green. So I think it was a good decision, an easily correctable mistake. That should be a point of emphasis for him this season because it popped up a couple of times in this game and it's popped up all season long. When he's forced off his spot, you, know, you don't have the kind of cannon arm to lace that intermediate area throw. You want to play games in the short game and then the quick game and quick timing when there's throwing windows. That's fine. But this, this, everybody's first read initially on this call was kind of dead on arrival. There was nobody open at first. But as he rolled, he kind of found the secondary window and looked to fit a throw in the intermediate area in a tight window. You got to drive that throw a little bit more than what he did. And I understand that there was pressure and color flashing in front of his face. But sometimes you got to step into contact to make and drive that throw. And I think that's just an area and point of emphasis for him that we'll look to see him continue to work on and improve as he continues to mature as a player. But I thought the touch throw uh, to Devontae, the 37-yarder, was perfect. Um, 
It was uh, a hitch and, and release. He threw it with confidence. He put it in a perfect place. It looked like the Jets were running quarters at that point in time, and the, the corner on the outside had to sit on the shallow route underneath. Miami worked their way into one of those half-field, three-level stretch reads uh, with the high vertical route, the backside crosser in the intermediate, and somebody on the play side leaking out into the flat. So we've talked a lot about Jalen Waddell and his usage and, and how Tua and Jalen did that a lot at Alabama. And of course, Jalen Waddle was not a piece of this game plan because he was on the reserve COVID-19 list, but it was cool seeing them get into that kind of concept in a very different way than what they did um, earlier in the season. You know, it's all about, again, having staple plays, staple concepts, and finding as many different ways as you possibly can to get into it. And I thought the way that they got into it, uh, th this was the first time I had seen this concept for a three-level half-field read stretch. And Devontae did a really nice job pressing inside as if he was going to go on on a post or if he was going to carry a deep over, and then he banged back outside of the corner. The throw to Isaiah Ford uh, was another perfect touch throw. That throw needs to be in the game plan two to three times a, uh, a week, in my opinion. When you get cover one man, which is what the Dolphins got in this instance, and you, you get press coverage, especially if it's Jalen Waddle and not Isaiah Ford. And Isaiah did, made a great play on the ball, great read, great adjustment. The throw was great. If that's Jalen, that has home run potential every week. Tua has shown that is one of the better, deeper throws he's making is that slot fade. And if you get cover, cover one, press man, and Waddle's in that position, Tua has shown you throughout the course of the season he can hit that throw with some consistency. That's the throw you need to take when it's available so that you can command the kind of respect vertically from defenses that you want to make your life easier in the run game. That's the throw. So I would be looking for it every week. I'd be trying to find the down and distance situation to get that throw, probably on first and 10 somewhere between the 40s. Loved seeing that. Um, I thought, too, as the game went on, fell into a little bit of a better rhythm. The field goal that they kicked to move the score to 17-10 to 10, uh, before the half, one of the plays before that, they tried to throw in the low red zone uh, a fade. They, they emptied out the the backfield and they went empty protection and they tried to hit Mac Hollins on a fade, but too effectively kind of just threw it away. Uh, Cause it was, it was pretty tight, but three strong to the field was Mike Kosecki running a little bender route in one-on-one -on -one of man coverage. And he was wide open. And I would have loved to have seen to anticipate that based on, and the jets had their backers mugged up. So maybe his expectation was, Hey, somebody's going to drop and take middle of the field away but confirmed that at the snap because everybody came. And then it was Gasecki versus number 40 on an island, and he's got five inches and 50 pounds on that guy. So a couple instances of you know, just, just conf confirming what you're seeing post-snap versus pre-snap. All in all, I would say it's probably a C performance from Tua. Um, the first quarter was an F. <laughs> uh, the 
rest of the game was probably a, a C plus. So all in all, I would give it a, a C performance for him based on the expectations that he has set for himself throughout the course of the season. Love the way they came back. Love the, the way that they bounced back from the adversity when it was 24-24 after the pick six. You have to love that. The moment's not too big. He really took control. And, and of course, uh, I really liked the play call and the design on the game-winning touchdown, too. So the Dolphins went four by one to the field and isolated Parker on the backside, and they hit Parker on the slant. But they went four by one to the to field, and they ran kind of a pseudo screen look uh, to try to set up some blocks and get a one-on-one situation and potentially run it in. And the Jets played into it perfectly because they blitzed on the play. So that's a perfect blitz beater because either you've got a one-on-one situation with a lot of grass, or you've got two offensive linemen releasing, and three skill players that can serve as blockers to turn it into effectively punt return right on the right side of the field. Tua took the matchup that he knew that he liked, and instead of throwing it behind the line of scrimmage, he took the one that was attacking the goal line, and they ended up scoring a touchdown on it. It's a really good play design, perfect time to call it because they caught the Jets in a blitz. So the Jets, you know, all these Jets defenders, and they're in the backfield, and they're bearing down on Tua, and they're useless because the play design is invite pressure upfield, now get the ball out. Thought they did a really nice job on that drive all around. You know who else does a really nice job? Our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on all their bars, and they are absolutely delicious. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. It's up to you, really. Uh, if you're friends with Santa, call him up. Give them the 411. Tell them to throw a couple built bars in those stockings this holiday season with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and save 15% off your next order. Defensively, the Dolphins in this game. Should probably consider themselves lucky they played who they played. They were pretty undisciplined. Uh, they did not tackle well. Their eyes and coverage were not in the right place. Uh, there was some lackadaisical effort from some guys. I thought uh, they really turned the heat up throughout the game, but even still, I didn't think that their discipline in eyeing the right areas and making sure that they had coverage integrity when they played zone coverage. I didn't think that was a, a very good performance from the Dolphins in this standpoint. Now, you love the fact that they heat, heated up Zach Wilson as much as they did. They gave him some areas of the field and dared him to take them, and he didn't take them. He couldn't take them. And um, you know, that's what you do with a young quarterback. You get really aggressive. You kind of expose yourself until they burn you once, and then you say, okay, like he's capable of it. We'll pull off. Well, Zach never did it. They tried to, you know, when they zeroed him, he tried to throw a couple shots down the field outside the numbers. He overthrew both of them. They got lucky on one of them, and Van Ginkle popped Zach Wilson for a, a roughing the passer call. I really liked what the Dolphins did with their four-man front in this contest. They, they ran four down linemen. And it was Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, and Manuel Agba. 
And then they walked up outside linebackers outside of that in Van Ginkle and Jerome Baker. That was a bitch for them to run on. Like, <laughs> that was a really, really good showing uh, for the Dolphins' interior defensive linemen. And they, they gave up 102 rushing yards, uh, which is tied for the most that they've given up since week five. Uh, Low-key Dolphins rushing defense since week five. Uh, Jacksonville, 84 yards. Falcons, 72 yards. Bills, 102. Texans, 73. Ravens, 94. Jets, 102. Panthers, 64. Giants, 91. Jets, 102. They've been pretty proficient in the run defense, and, and they've got a couple different front looks that they really like and have worked with. And Raekwon, you know, I think this Jets center would probably be glad if he never had to see Raekwon Davis line up across from him again because Raekwon took his lunch money and stuffed him in a locker. Raekwon also had one phenomenal rep on a back block from top 20 pick Elijah Vera Tucker where he got caught with the back block, got stunned initially. Raekwon regains the center of gravity and forklifted Vera Tucker up or off the ground. Christian Wilkins was phenomenal in just about every area, not just scoring a touchdown and celebrations, but getting off a block, surfing the line of scrimmage, and, and getting over top. And he's, he's scraping, and he's beating guys that are two gaps down further towards the play, and he's beating them to the football. And he's making tackles on the far sideline two yards downfield because he's working his ass off that hard. I think you do need to call out Nick Needham and, and recognize the effort that he gave as a free safety in this game and understand that that's not something he's filled with any level of consistency. I do think the Dolphins missed Javon Holland, who wouldn't. But I have an appreciation for the effort that Needham put in in this contest to, to step into the free safety role. He's kind of become their utility defensive back at this point. Um, Jalen Phillips, uh, when they got into the film room on, on Monday and watched the game, I'm sure they were kicking the, he was kicking himself for uh, a missed sack opportunity that he had on Connor McGovern. Uh, he ended up flushing Zach Wilson up into Jerome Baker uh, for a sack, so they did get a sack on the play, uh, but Jalen had a nice kill shot ready to go. Zach Sealer uh, was a man possessed, you know, between saving the touchdown uh, on the, the throwback to the quarterback on the second possession for the Jets, stripping the ball from Zach Wilson by beating the pants off of um, Connor McDermott, and flattening and, and knocking the ball loose and having a forced fumble with a sack there. Some of his work in the run game, they tried to put tight end on him a couple times and they tried to put, the Jets tried to put a tight end 80. It was either 80. I think it was 86. Tried to put him on both sealer and Christian Wilkins throughout the course of the game. And every single time they tried to do that, uh, that player was promptly on the ground, which is exactly what you'd expect. But like to see the execution of it, was really nice. And then uh, Byron Jones is playing some really good football right now. Uh, I don't think anybody's talking about it because there's not ball production that comes alongside it. Uh, but Byron Jones looking real good right now. He's looking like the player that they were expecting to get when they paid him all the money that they paid him. Now, if you can't get up for this game, I don't know what to tell you. There should be little issue for the Dolphins 
getting up for a primetime Monday night football game against the New Orleans Saints, two 7-7 seven seven football teams vying for postseason success. And I can't help but shout out Tyler DeSena. DeSena, DeSena, Tyler, I'm shouting you out either way. Made a video. And uh, it's December 27th, 8.15 p.m. From 1 and 7 to playoff contenders. There's no turning back now. It's time. Hype video. Hashtag burn the boats. And I'm all in on this idea to burn the boats. And if you're not familiar with it, it's effectively um, explorers going to a certain area of the world. And when they get there, they burn the ships. So there's no turning back. Dolphins fans, Dolphins players, Dolphins coaches, Dolphins nation. It is time to burn the boats. Because I, I can't help but sit here and think about the woulda, coulda, shoulda game that we are that we lamented playing in January of last year when we were sitting at home. To have had so much success and to disappointingly let it slip through your fingers. I hope the guys that are in that locker room remember that feeling. 56 points. Buffalo's backups in the second half. 56 points. Missed the postseason. And you can already sit here and play the coulda, shoulda, woulda game with Jacksonville and Atlanta and the Raiders. And I get it. But everybody buried us and left us for dead. Shit, I had us left for dead. I had us buried. And I was wrong. And that is kudos and testament to the players in that locker room and the coaches in that locker room for finding the buttons to push to get this thing started and to find us where we are now. And there will be those who question the legitimacy of how good this team is. And they may have a point. But it doesn't matter at this point. You got three games. Starting on Monday night, prime time, only show in town. You're going to know exactly where you stand. And it is an opportunity for the players who are on this team and in that locker room last year to start to correct the handful of missteps, the Denver game last year, letting the Chiefs game get away from them last year, the Bills game, week 17. Remember those feelings and and that sinking feeling of of an opportunity wasted and going by the wayside. Opportunities knocking again. We didn't think we were going to get it. And it's here. So burn the damn ships and get ready to go. I'm excited, man. I'm pumped. Burn the boats and hit subscribe. Follow along, Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins of Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Enjoy your sixth straight victory Wednesday. Technically, your seventh straight because we had the bye week in there, too. And let's get mentally ready for the Saints. We got Locked On uh, crossover with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints coming up tomorrow. We have Joe Rose coming on Friday. So lots of good stuff to look forward to. Make sure you stay plugged in. Hope to see you guys tomorrow. Fins up. Thanks as always for listening.